Well, hey, Gundam Maniacs. Welcome to the Gundam Explained show. I am talking slowly to let the sound slowly fade out. It is an awesome song, but it's going to fade. <laughs> I wish I could be listening to it right now, actually. I got to figure that out so then you guys can too, you know, guests on here. Um, yeah, people probably assume that you're just jamming out before the stream starts. And yeah. Like, no, we in complete silence. I know. It's just, we, it's... we have to all be quiet. And... <laughs> no, I wish I could be listening to it because it is kind of that song to like pump you up. Um, but no, it's uh, let's see, it's yeah, August seventeenth, twenty twenty three. I am your host, Adam Blue, and joining me as always um, is the other guy that I stream with the day before, Stephen. <laughs> so, Stephen, how you doing, man? Good, good. I'm still alive, so <clears throat> that's good. We'll yeah, oh uh, yeah. After all that uh, 3D modeling you were doing yesterday, I, I didn't know if you were gonna uh, like leave your chamber. Like your sweatshop ch shop chamber of like, because like yeah. And if anyone hasn't watched it, link in the description. Yesterday's stream in Blender, right? Yeah, yes. like customizing these specific parts for the Seventh Gundam. It's like, it's like a whole job. I feel like you're like showcasing like a whole job skill set. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like working in the little toy factory. Sometimes I feel like one of Santa's elves. Mm. I wonder if Santa's elves are using software to now produce i would hope so <laughs> they're not building wooden horses anymore that's a good point so it's not like they're out of a job they're just now using the computers to design exactly right wow. well also another awesome treat for today we've got ashley some of you may not know her she's actually been helping me out on the social media side of things doing a lot of those pretty neat engaging twitter posts asking some pretty cool questions getting people more involved it's helped me out a lot so ashley good to see you how you doing i'm doing good and uh, i'm really excited to be here nice to i'm following me you know, steven especially and, and see you know talk to you again so it's really, yeah. really awesome yeah i know because we've just we occasionally uh we'll chat like on discord to kind yeah. of talk business more about like you know what's going on with social and every once yeah. in a while chat but i thought this would be a good opportunity to learn more about you i always love finding out how people get into gundam and all yeah. that and then like also you have a specific like hobby or interest in japanese culture that i'm not too yes. familiar with so maybe you can kind of help explain that uh yeah. to all you, of us you probably have a deeper appreciation for japanese culture than like you know grug and chug over here that are just like <laughs> you like you big stomp <laughs> robots <laughs> that's exactly how i feel yeah i, I think it would be cool to get into that um yeah. But yeah, so you know that's going to be most of the show, and then we'll we'll just get into some recent Gundam things that have been going on. Um, but yeah, to start, so Ashley, so when did you first get into Gundam? So I think we have to like go back just a little bit. So, oh, like, yeah, growing up a little, yeah. <laughs> so growing up, um, you know, as a kid, you know, I was raised on sci-fi. My um, my mother. It's a huge sci-fi fan, and I grew up watching like Star Trek: Next Generation, Ooh. Star Trek: um, Deep Space Nine, yep. Andromeda, which is my personal favorite, oh, cool. and Battlestar Galactica, which is another um, classic. And the original or the remake? Um, the original. Wow! Yeah. That's yeah, cool. it was kind of funny though because you know, growing up, you know, like I didn't have cable. So I would watch like, you know, they would air it like on certain networks like Fox or um, I think ABC, for example. And yeah. so just being exposed to that, like, you know, 
I mean, plus my um, my mom, you know, pretty much kind of got me hooked to like sciencey stuff. Earlier on, I would watch like um, even Nova on uh, PBS oh, about yeah. space stuff. So I've always been kind of in that kind of world. But when the anime piece came to it, um, back at the, I guess like back in the day, um, on the Fox Network, there was this little spot called, I think, um, oh gosh, it was called Fox Kids. And it aired like a lot of shows from like Saban Entertainment, like uh, Power Rangers. My oh. personal favorite, there's this little thing called like VR Troopers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> VR Troopers, remember VR that? Troopers. Yep. Yeah. I was so obsessed with that show back then. Yeah, we are VR. I remember that was like the theme song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was one of my personal favorites. Like the the theme song was so catchy, and I and of course you know and they aired like anime like you know Pokemon, Digimon, and one um there was this one mecha show that they aired. It only aired like the first ten episodes. It was a Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I went to school and I had like a Gundam T-shirt on. People were like, "Is that Escaflone?" And I was like, "No, <laughs> no." So wow. no, I, yeah. Escaflone was huge back in the day. Yeah, and what was very interesting about it too, like um, I think it was around '98 when they aired it, and I was I think about like in fourth or fifth grade, so on the younger side, um, very kid. Um, I enjoyed it. It was something about the art and the story, and then just this whole. It was kind of like the term isekai, because like in the, in oh, the yeah. normal, uh, I guess like in the modern era now with anime, it was kind of like one of the. Kind of one of the first shows that incorporated it, that little, like, Into Another World sequence with Mecha incorporated in it. And, like, you know, um, another one being a Magical Knife Warrior that kind of had that same element. Um, I love that show a lot. And that was, like, my first Mecha show. And then it got off. Whoa. I, What's I that? I don't know what happened. That's <laughs> What happened? That was, Whoa. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> it was like an explosion of anime appreciation. Like, <laughs> that was very unexpected. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. No, that was awesome. Um, I know this um, Robert um, sent me a question about Mystical Nights. I have seen Mystical Nights, also a really good show. Um, but yeah, did, so that was kind of like my first like mecha, but it wasn't until like between like 2000 2002 because i'm not for sure on the zach year um i would stay with my relatives every like twice you know, once or twice a year and my younger cousin who was into anime a little bit at the time kind of introduced me to like uh tsunami and um and adult swim and that's where they would air like uh i think i've never seen a clip of g gundam and um gundam wing when it aired so oh, yeah. technically that was kind of like my first like oh this is a show called Gundam I don't know what it is but it looked interesting enough and I only remember watching like maybe one or two episodes of each maybe but it wasn't until I think 2004 when I finally got cable so I was like freshman year of high school and then they aired Gundam Seed and Gundam Seed I think uh -huh. was what really got me fully into the um the world of Gundam and the music side of it too, which is kind of funny. Um, that's like where the I guess the Japanese culture element kind of comes in from it because ah, yeah. Gundam, yeah, Gundam Seed I think has such like amazing music. I like the story and 
the characters and everything, and that kind of is what integrate me into both worlds. And that was that they started introducing more like pop songs as the the opening credit yeah. song, as opposed to just um as opposed to having a specific song that was, yes. um you know kind of con- composed for the show. So mm-hmm. that's there's definitely an appreciation there, and yeah, I think Seed is is a really good jumping on point for a lot of people, you know, who are right. just getting into Gundam. I guess you know, that. obviously. Adam and I being big UC elitists, um, we, we have different opinions. But no, I mean, like UC's at that the time, two. there was no way to there was no way to really watch the original Gundam. So it's like, yeah, you either have Gundam Wing, G Gundam, or Gundam Seed, and those are kind of standalone. You can appreciate them. You don't have to know forty years of lore. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's what makes it fun to kind of dive into Gundam a little bit more too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the interesting thing about Seed because it does it, it and I I only connected the dots recently because you know I watched Macross. Have you seen Macross, Ashley? Yes. So I've seen I think I've seen like what's it front was it Macross Frontier, I think? Was that There's a lot. I and I don't even know yeah. them all. I, I saw the but first I have seen it. Yeah, the, I saw the first uh, season or show, and then mm-hmm. I I saw that it had like that idol singer yes. that, which is done in Seed. But, you know, as someone that doesn't have a background in, like, watching anime or Japanese culture, I realize that's mm-hmm. kind of a part of Japanese culture. Yes. Right? Because yeah, I, I think a lot of, like, stuff that you're into also has to do with singers and groups and stuff like that. Can you dive yes. into that a little bit? Yeah. So, like, kind of when we were talking about seats, around that time, um, what really got me into, like, the music part of it, um, one of the singers, Nami Tamaki, you know, she saved a lot of songs from, like, all the different Gundam shows, specifically Seed and Seed Destiny. Oh. I really got into her music and, and also TM Revolution, which is another um, amazing artist. You know, he he's obsessed with Gundam, too, and he even had his own character in Seed. Um, wow. see Destiny that is, and I think because of them listening to the music, I really love the, the sound of how Japanese is, and getting into it, I started to, that's when I guess I got more into, like, the manga and stuff like that, and there was this, like, um, I remember this one manga I was reading, it, it kept mentioning this group, each, each different manga I read, and they were called more Yusume, and they're like one of the oldest like active groups in Japan right now. Um, and so getting into that world and getting into it, that was like another fandom I was a part of too. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was kind of like the first fandom I got really involved in, and I'm still kind of um, involved in as well because I've been a fan of that music, well, this specific group, and there's like a umbrella of groups called Hello Project. That's a whole nother topic. Um, and I've been a fan, I think it's been 18 years now since I've been a fan. Yeah. In, is yeah do this... you speak? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, is that similar or different than K-pop? Like, I know it's, it's different, different yeah. in terms of where it comes from, but is it the same sort of thing? It so basically kind of like J um so J pop kind of has been around. I think they took homage from like you know the Western music back in the fifties, and so it really took off from like the fifties onward. You know they like Johnny's Entertainment being the first to kind of establish that whole you know hey 
these are, you know, this is like our Japanese equivalent of um, the Jackson 5 and so forth. So, I see. Yeah, and so because that idol culture kind of started to take off in Japan, then um, probably around like the early, like maybe early to mid late 90s, um, Korea took really just took a little bit of the, I guess, the element of um, Japanese idol culture, and they kind of structured more of a, a tight-knit system. So, you know, when they you know, grab, like, a random child or something from auditions or whatever, yeah. <laughs> they have, like, this rigorous training system and all that, and, yeah, and that's why, like, and I guess, like, because of how K-pop is structured, it's much more open, while Japan being, like, I think, currently is the second most... I guess because they have Sony, they're very they're on top of the world. Like in when it comes to like the music scene, um, yeah. that's why like they're kind of more closed off. So things are kind of not as accessible. Well, I guess in Korea is like, hey, you know, we want to get to the West a little bit. Oh, so see. that's yeah. why I so, so always Japan heard. is like new types, and Korea is like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's funny. That is that's the best comparison. <laughs> a lot like i hear that a lot but really it seems like again the japanese mm -hmm. sort of really kicked that off and being like yeah. super into metal like there's a lot of metal that i like that then is really popular in japan and then in japan mm -hmm. they then created almost their style of metal which then kind of went back into metal that i would listen to outside of japan i guess you had to put it yeah where um in the 80s they really started doing a lot of things with like double bass and just the way they would play the strumming that then was incorporated into video games. Yeah. But then it just came back to Western metal, which I think is interesting where, uh, yeah. It, and I see that a lot, like with star Wars, where star Wars was influenced by Japan, you know, or George Lucas was influenced by Japanese filmmaking, mm -hmm. like star Wars exactly. and then star Wars influenced Gundam. It's like a, you know, the kind of circle where like Japan knows how to take the essence of something and really, find the core exactly. fun or joy of it and reproduce it. Yeah. And what were you going to say, Stephen? I don't know if you forgot by now because I was talking. Oh, well, I, I was going to ask, Ashley, um, do, mm -hmm. so do you speak Japanese um, or it, or at least do you understand enough Japanese to like when you're listening to the music that you're understanding the lyrics or do you really just appreciate it for the, for the melodies and, and that sort of That's thing? That's a really good question. So... When I like started listening to it, I started off just like really like, oh, I really appreciate how it sounds, you know, even though I may not really understand it. Um, it's kind of taking like appreciation with like the the feeling that like an artist or a group puts into, you know, the song that's being, you know, sings. Then over time, you know, like as I fully got into Japanese culture, I wanted to kind of learn or at least understand somewhat. So that's why, you know, like watching, anime and listening to the music has kind of helped to build some sort of vocabulary even though it's a more unconventional way of learning um but over time you know i did you know invest in classes over time and okay. i learned i know like some like at least some basic com uh, conversational um, japanese but when it comes to like reading it i'm still <laughs> i'm still oh, learning because yeah. it's like a whole different system yeah it's i mean it's it's a lot that that's 
beyond just because obviously you know you're talking about entirely different character sets and things like that so it's not right. just you know learning different words from another language but I, you know similar mm -hmm. to you it's like i appreciate almost the lyrics as a component mm -hmm. of the music like they are an instrument themselves like the word exactly. like the the singing so i i totally um i totally feel and where you're coming from and steven when you're saying that do you mean like it, when it comes to japanese music they tend to take the lyrics a little more seriously well no i mean I so sometimes like i'll listen to a song and you know i don't even mm -hmm. necessarily care what the singer is saying that's exactly but, like me yeah, yeah you know it's like you just yeah. appreciate the notes that they're hitting with their voice and yeah so um yeah. I, i'm sure that i've grooved to some songs that i would probably not necessarily agree with <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good point it, well it's funny because i heard something and i don't know if this is accurate but with witch for mercury the mm -hmm. lyrics were telling the story yes and, yeah and by the end of it people were like oh it was telling the story the lyrics and and that, yeah. you know, obviously I wouldn't know. I couldn't understand what they're saying. But that's actually pretty interesting. And a lot of times with Japanese mm -hmm. art, there's a lot of this integrated information, like within mm -hmm. things. There's usually a lot of detail about it anyway. And so I would almost think maybe I wonder if they do that with music as well. Yeah. So, Ashley, do you notice that with their music? Like they, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is, yeah, like in the yeah. West, the music I listen to, I don't listen to the lyrics because a lot of times it just doesn't matter. It, right you know <laughs> sometimes there's a pop song on the radio where it's about the lyrics but the melody doesn't matter yeah but i, I, I wonder I mean, like if yeah. japan takes that a little more seriously you know that that's what i've noticed too like especially like yeah. different you know artists and groups i've followed over time like they really do incorporate um you know not only putting some sort of like concept into the song itself but then when they release like the music video it also kind of brings that, you know, vision more into light. And I like how you mentioned um, Witch for Mercury because that same exact same structure. Um, so it's kind of incorporating, you know, that element and kind of making it more like, especially like the opening and closing theme animation that also yeah. kind of amplifies that storytelling element too. That's cool. And that's definitely something that you get in Witch for Mercury that you don't get from other series. Like, for instance, the closing credits of, like, Gundam Wing, there is nothing to do with Aria <laughs> being on safari and hanging out with elephants and stuff like that. That, is, that has nothing to do with anything that's going on. In... Well, yeah, that's a good point, because even the original Mobile Suit Gundam, like, I love the music in it, but I don't think it necessarily fits. But it doesn't matter, because it's kind of good. Even the, um, the Japanese opening in Zeta. If, yeah. if I'm thinking correctly, the like it doesn't necessarily like I think the that, that the, opening song is a bop. Yeah, the, the, it is. Yeah, the, the opening theme that they added for like the Western release of Zeta mm -hmm. like fits perfectly, but yeah, the the Japanese one was good too. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of funny how that that works. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, so the only experience I have with like I guess. Japanese music in a way where I've seen it seep in yeah. is, you know, because I'm big into metal is someone mentioned it in the chat, but baby metal because yes. I, baby you know, huge awesome. into metal, love Judas Priest and even baby metal went on stage with lead singer Rob Halford of Judas yes. Priest, which that blew my mind. And it's yeah, pretty yeah. cool because the music in general and baby metal is like the way they play the metal. Most of times like the yes. metal I like where it's the high speed double bass. Uh, you know, a lot of the picking work on the guitars, like my type of thing. Um, I think that's is 
it, would you say that metal is pretty popular in the music scene in Japan, or is that more underground? Um. So when you was mentioning earlier about you know like back in the eighties, like when they created, I think it was called Vi yeah Visual K, kind of taking yeah. that homage to like glam rock, like glam rock, yeah, yeah. I think you know rock still has a. I think especially only went to Japan once back in twenty eighteen, but. Nice. I think it it was present, you know. It, it definitely, I would say, with Visual K, it definitely had its presence. It's kind of like embraced a little bit more, like you know, with pop music, which is kind of standard. Mm. But um, I I you know I don't think it was like swept up under the ground. It was just more open. So a lot of people were saying like, oh, okay, these are Visual K artists. Okay, I mean, oh, I like okay. it. But I like, you know, but sounds cool. <laughs> no, that's that's interesting because, and I could be getting this wrong. It's been a while. I think yeah. there's a band called Japan X or maybe just yes. X where they play some pretty good metal that started in the 80s. But they had that mm -hmm. visual okay, style that, it, that, whereas in in the West, that mm -hmm. look and the music, it, like the glam rock is different from metal. But yeah. for, an, from, for an outsider, that might be the same thing. So I can see in Japan, they're like, oh, that glam rock look is interesting, and they're playing metal. So then that's how it kind of morphs in Japan, at least from my point of view, it seemed to be that way. So it, whereas, and what's interesting about that then is I was I would hear a lot of these Japanese bands. Um, oh, one's called Sex Machine Guns. They're, it's a play on Sex Pistols, but Sex yeah. Machine Guns. And it's, again, they play like the really fast pace. They have more of a poppy appearance. But they play the more fast-paced metal that would be more uh, associated with, like, Slayer or something in the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then in school, back when I was in school, you'd see the kids wearing the Slayer shirts. And they were separated from, you know, the people wearing anime shirts or separated from people wearing the sports jerseys. And and I, I wonder if, like, Japan, that was a different thing. I You know, I don't know. Um, I, I um, It would be interesting mm -hmm. to see during my time yeah. or our time. We're kind of the same age group. Like yeah. high school in Japan, what were the groups, and was it yeah. as granular in the sense that it was in the West, mm -hmm. you know, or was it more like the appropriation of metal was seen more of like a poppy thing? I, I don't know. Um, yeah, um, you know, when you mentioned when you mentioned like the scene, yeah. um, I actually remembered when I was. So I went to Japan around um, December 2018. So it was before Christmas time, before it got too crazy. Um, when I went, um, a friend of mine, she's really into Visual K. So she actually bought, I think she, they do have like, like a lottery system in order to free the attainment tickets. But she was able to get like two, I guess two days where we got to see the Gazette. Wow. Was that the blue <laughs> celebration? There we go. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, I'm sure it's some webcam software. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, so when I so when I went to the Gazette concert, it was so fun. Um, and just seeing like just just the Japanese fans line up, you know, they were in rocker attire. They had that kind of like mm. golf kind of emo kind of you know scene aesthetic yeah that you had seen in the west and it was really cool and you know of course they were to themselves and they were with their group of friends but just kind of seeing that whole side and and just seeing how people interacted and then just seeing like the the band itself was also a fun experience too 
Yeah, because I, I, it makes me think sometimes, like, for instance, with Power Rangers, like how mm -hmm. I, if I was Japanese and I see this other country take the Super Sentai and then make it all different, change like the story, and then but it's like the same characters. Yeah. You know, the costumes, but then mixing costumes or, or reshooting brand new scenes that, you know, like the White or Ranger. Like the yellow, I was going to say the Yellow Ranger was a man. Yeah. Yeah, and having, and <laughs> yeah. having the white ranger in with the other ranger scene where that wasn't like I would be like, whoa, that is awesome. And I think that's a lot of what I get out of like Japanese art and the culture mm -hmm. I see where it's like they're taking things I like and they're able to because they think it's exciting and then they kind of, you know, change. Around. But then we do the same thing. So it's not like that's a J Japan only thing. I'd, I'd like that kind of cross cultural way that art is used. Mm -hmm. Like something starts somewhere, but then the different cultures have their different takes on it. And, it. and it's cool because really getting into Gundam and then anime and more Japanese stuff, I realized, like, have I always liked Japanese stuff and just didn't know? Or is it because it's new to me? Because then I look back and I'm like, man, some of my favorite video game soundtracks are Japanese composed. Some yep. of my favorite video games are Japanese. <laughs> you know, I, I, And I would even say Japan revolutionized gaming because we had, yeah, sure, the Atari, but then when the NES came out, that became a mainstream mm -hmm. thing. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think how much, yeah, like, Japan tends to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so um, what about Gumpla building? When did that yes. start with you? Is that, that, has that been just a recent thing? It was a recent thing. So what was really interesting is, like, like the night before i was like thinking you know because i'm building the, the aerial too currently oh, nice. <laughs> i'm almost done with it though i got i just finished the arms like early this morning um but i got into gumpler around the witcher mercury when, it, when that started airing and what was funny is when i was thinking back like every time i watch a gundam series i was more focused on like the characters and the story and then for some reason the mobile suits were like an afterthought oh yeah and it wasn't yeah and then it wasn't until i watched the witch mercury and then i started to see like the ariel and the lafrith and i'm like oh these designs are pretty cool but why didn't i notice that before with the other kind of series it's really it's really odd you know well i mean um, the ariel itself yeah. is like a character it's not yeah so, so there's that that sort of you have a greater appreciation for um, mobile suits in Witch from Mercury than other Gundam series because they kind of have a yeah. personality. They don't, they're not just exactly. these static, sterile machines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. And, and that's cool. I guess you're a case study for what Witch from Mercury did yeah. because it's like, yes. I think it was, and I'm, I'm seeing it more, it was really the convergence of total into mm -hmm. character driven anime and then total into top tier mobile suit designs and then the model kits because yeah. that's helped gumpla and bandai because it's it's like super popular i mean i was at my local oh, comic yeah. shop the other day and i remember they went from just having the aerial to now they have like every single suit that's available to buy and it's like wow that, that's really cool to see and 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 so that's that's the thing with anime that i've learned like like after watching Witch for Mercury, when I was first watching it, I was really pulled in. I was like, wow, this is really cool. It just, and this is fine, but it just didn't go all the way with what I want from Gundam. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I thought it was interesting for me to at least like have taken my time to watch a more dramatically driven, you know, 
style anime and like it, it just it goes back to like how you know anime is just the vehicle to tell a story and it, but it reminds yeah. me of something the MCU only did like very sparingly but like when they made the winter soldier how that genre of a MCU movie was completely different than the other ones and now they're kind of the same z like like super CGI undercut with some uh jokes Snarky. you know everybody's yeah. every everybody's ironic <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I thought there was an interesting moment early on in the MCU where they were making different genres out of the stories and and I think that's what anime is which is pretty interesting because my favorite anime is and I love that like not just it's my favorite anime but it's almost some of my favorite things to watch now it's like the 80s and early 90s like the sci-fi horror action stuff like if it's cyberpunk with robots and then like gory i don't know what it is but like that's such a cool aesthetic in in storytelling yeah. um like i've just finished bubblegum crisis and i think that is like one of my oh, have you seen that by the way have you seen it yeah that's got to be one of my favorites now when it comes to anime mm -hmm. like i had just saw um was a, a gunbuster which i thought was excellent mm -hmm. but then i saw bubblegum crisis and i'm like man this is so good and um in <laughs> yeah. yeah i i think it's really neat that well, and what's interesting is I've been trying to find and haven't found any like modern types of anime that does that. I I feel like there's a, yeah. a couple aspects. One, it's the art, the way that it's drawn, mm -hmm. yeah, and it's then a little darker and gr grittier. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. less darker and gritty. Yeah, and less dirty looking. Like it's yeah. the detail to make things. Yeah, have that gritty look and. Um, but it just could be I haven't stumbled upon it, or it just doesn't make as much money as, you know, it's my no, family I mean, stuff. I, I think that that's kind of like um, it's like a lost art that style of anime that oh, okay. um, that you're talking about. It, it reminds me of like, um, you know, the kind of like heavy metal cartoon, um, yeah. that 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 kind of '80s and '90s animation that you know you don't see it in the west anymore either like everything is you know sort of like the the steven that's universe true. style or, or you know that yeah kind of, um, yeah it, it's yeah, just one of those things it's, it's just like it's it exists in its own time nobody does that anymore yeah that actually makes sense thinking about it like how modern cartoons uh, you know animation in the west the, everything's exaggerated now i remember like x-men yeah. that cartoon i loved it it tried to do like realistic in a way, even though the detail was a little off sometimes, looks. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the Batman animated series then started this design change where then everything had, like, mm -hmm. these edges to it, you know, like, or exaggerated edges and stuff. And even, like, modern cartoons. Like, I would even say they they brought back, uh, I think it's DuckTales, and then another Disney yeah. property, but they're super exaggerated, abstract mm -hmm. proportions, um, which... Is it th they were abstract proportions back then, and that that was just the most we had seen, or you know now it's it, it seems like it's easier to draw because you can just do something abstract and it doesn't I don't know, but I I do find that interesting how there's waves of animation design, and yeah, like you said, Stephen, it's almost like then it's lost because then like people move on, like people that are influenced by that move on and do different things. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm actually excited about the new Metalocalypse movie that's coming out um this month because it's 
that animation is not seen as much. It's based on that like um, ambiguously gay duo on Saturday Night Live. That type. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah it's, and then they had the show Metalocalypse. Then there was a movie like 10 years ago. And then like this is the, the movie that closes it off. And I'm excited about that. But um, well, so actually, what are some of your favorite than anime? Like not talking about Gundam, but just. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of my favorite series is Full Metal Alchemist. Um, okay, I love great the story. Great show. I've heard of that. Um, yeah. yeah, and what was so funny is like getting into Full Metal Alchemist is like the for some reason, like if I had to compare between like the original that came out in 2003 and then the um, Brotherhood, I guess it came out like in 2011, I think. Um, I for some reason I still have a close connection to the 2003 version. Um, just because I like the opening and closings more. And even though it didn't tell the full story, you know, based off of the manga, this is it has its own little charm, and I guess I'm just more attached to it. But Brotherhood is still as good. It still has, you know, good music, but for some reason I still prefer that one over it. And I'm recently collecting the manga. They re-released it, and it's like a hardcover version of it, and it's very displayed. It's like, I think it's like 18 volumes compared to the 26. So it's kind of like multiple volumes into one. And I I just love it. The story and everything. Um, and then I like romantic comedy type of shows. So like Fruits Basket. Um, really huge into magical girls like Carcaptor Sakura, Sailor Moon, as an example. Those would be a few of my favorites. Mm. I have a long list though. <laughs> no, that, that's cool. I... I, f I feel like someday I have to try some of these more. Yeah, like where it's, why would I watch a romantic comedy cartoon? You know, like, but maybe right. that it's a good story. Again, it's the yeah. animation is the vehicle. And, mm -hmm. and especially like with my wife, my wife really isn't into things that are gory or a lot of action. She likes stories, oh. especially character stories. So I wonder if that's maybe a way to bridge our interests where it's like, oh, here's some. Yeah, anime that's like kind of character driven stories and you know yeah I, I might try that sometime i don't know yeah absolutely yeah um so another thing am i mistaken in that you're into video games also yes so i love um i'm not like a huge gamer though like yeah. i used to i mean i mainly play like like my nintendo switch i do have an xbox but i'm still trying to <laughs> get into like um Trying to find games on that on the Xbox platform because it is my first system. I got outside of the Nintendo side yeah. of things, and I'm trying to like um, get into um, Monster Hunter more oh. than late. Trying to get used to that system and stuff. Yeah, no, because um, yeah, we're you know Steve and I big on video games. We're always talking video games and all that, and oh, and yeah. that's the thing. There's that crossover like with Japanese culture and video games. Yeah. Um, what are some things you're playing right now? So I'm more into like Pokemon. So I've been playing like the new Pokemon game that came out, um, Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Um, so I'm halfway through it, and then they just released a DLC for it. And I think the first DLC should be coming out. I think either sometime this month or next month. And then there's like the last half of it comes out. I think sometime later in the winter time. Um, I played that mainly, and then some Monster Hunter, <laughs> like Monster Hunter stories. Oh, yeah. Um, I did play um, a game not too long ago that had kind of a Gundam 
Yes, I think there was a Gundam Plan is Dynasty Warriors, but I played that. I think. Oh yeah. On my yeah. cousin's console, and that was really good too. Oh. Okay, cool. Yeah, there's the Dynasty Warriors Gundam games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and Dynasty Warriors, even just like the you know the the Dynasty Warriors game, I gave me such an appreciation for ancient Chinese history, like learning about the romance of the Three Kingdoms and like that era of yeah. Japan, or not Japan, China. Sorry. Um, so yeah. that that's a very cool video game series. And that's yeah. I um yeah I I feel bad because like I have a Switch, but I I like haven't been playing it as much and. I, it, this is a sad reason, but I think it's really because it's not like HD, 4K, 60 FPS. You know, I'm so used to that with yes, my TV. It's like exactly. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like Nintendo always tends to come out with those games that are just super high quality in terms of like the content. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you know, like that latest Zelda. Like I keep hearing so much about it. Like there's so much to it. It's, so I'm hoping like if they come out with a Switch 2, which that's the rumor next year. Um, then I wonder if they'll then have like the game's 4K. I don't know if it'll be remastered or I hope so. backwards compatible. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, well, that's you know, it's one of the things that I've always given Nintendo credit for is that the gameplay itself is always comes first. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, a yeah. lot of people are talking about how great Baldur's Gate 3 is and like how that's you know, game of the year p- uh, potentially, mm-hmm. but. I've never seen anybody, you know, like hyping up the gameplay. It's like, look at how gorgeous the graphics are. Look at this 40 minute long cutscene. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, you know, I would rather watch hours and hours of people streaming whatever their random builds are in Tears of the Kingdom because obviously they're having fun with the mechanics of the game. Yeah. That's the thing with Boulder's Gate 3. Like, I hate to, to, to hate on something. But like when I was watching, like people are hyping it so much. So I was, I've been watching videos of it, but the gameplay is kind of that classic RTS, like, or not RTS, but a role-playing turn-based thing where you sit there, you choose what you're going to attack with. Sometimes that works. And I, and I think that's, what's weird. Like I like the, you know, shining force SD generation, Genesis, those style, like turn-based games. Cause I feel like I'm, it's more involved and I could, make the wrong move and then lose my unit but like when it's like a and i i want to say so steven i don't know if you can help with this the boulders gate rpg versus like a jrpg like what is the combat differences would you say uh, i mean i would say it's really just it a difference similar. of like perspective right. because you know your typical jrpg you know final fantasy style game you're kind of like everybody's on one side everybody oh, else yeah. is on the other side yeah so i guess Baldur's gate kind of introduces that that level of three-dimensionality to it you know you can move around um clearly the gameplay was so exciting uh it flipped actually upside down or oh, is that just me oh oh yeah that's right on well it's not on the stream it's like she's frozen Oh no! Oh well, yeah, yeah. Actually, if you can come back, yeah, I thought she was just smiling at our our conversation. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. well, and well, and and like Ashley was saying, you know, big Pokemon fan. Like I, I enjoy the turn based co- combat in Pokemon more than I would in like a Baldur's Gate. Okay, that is a good point because while I don't play Pokemon, oh yeah, she left. She might jump in. I think if she clicks on that link, she'll come back in. But you know, speaking of the Pokemon combat, though, like. For, there's something yeah about it where it seems more interesting than a jrpg combat like i almost feel like and i could be wrong and i don't want to like um hate on uh this but like 
um you know like like grpg i think is more about the story so like even yeah. the combat is almost played out like that i i i mean i don't know um no i one i think that it's the same thing with with like baldur's gate is it it is a story driven you know yeah. the, the narrative That's is true. the focus and so yeah the combat's gonna suffer it's a little bit more tactical but i mean like i said you know even i would say pokemon is more tactical than than a oh, baldur's okay. gate because That's you know you're good. having to to balance your pokemon type and you know which pokemon you're going to put out first and that sort of thing so there's a lot of considerations that that go into it no i think that you putting it that way kind of helps me understand and it looks like ashley might be loading in here but yeah, just that, my opinions like <laughs> no right yeah i think that's what's so weird as much as i love gaming it's like some that whole like idea of ah, i don't play these games you know what i mean but yeah uh, but yeah you saying how it's like tactical like i think that is what i like about like the sg generation games anyway yeah. um but yeah ashley looks like you are loading in uh we'll see it's still loading on our side so we'll um well yeah we'll just wait but you know speaking of games real quick in gbo2 today they released a suit that i wasn't i didn't even know existed so there's the hyakushiki right we all know that and then there's a kai variant which yeah. is that supposed to be like a mass-produced version i don't think so i think okay. it was i think it was just okay, like a just a, a variant okay a new variant prototype because what's cool about the one they released today, it's the Hayakushiki Kai ground type, which, I mean, yeah, it's funny, just out ground. It's like, by then, why would there be a ground type? You but, know, why not just add in the uh, Hayakushiki um, high mobility ground type? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, but it looks actually pretty cool. Like all the, uh, the, ar the armor on it or the way it looks with the weapons, it actually looks pretty cool. I, it's yeah. just, that's not, that's not something I'd roll for in GBO2. Like, I'm still going to hold on to my tokens, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. Per and, and you know what? They know that everyone's blown all their tokens trying to get the high new and the. Oh, and yeah. The that's, so, like. That's a good point. So, I guess, yeah, the suit that they. Oh, yeah. Ashley's saying in chat some technical issues. Yeah, we'll stand by. And, you know, the show yeah. is nearing. But, yeah, we'll just stand by and see if you come in or not. But, mm -hmm. um. But have you been playing GBO2? Because I know you're sometimes off and on on that. I've been off lately. Um, you know, just working on some, working on some secret projects. That <laughs> oh yeah, no, because I I've kind of been like I've been I haven't played on PC in like a week, and on PlayStation I've honestly and I feel bad. I just jump into the AB rooms and I just quickly get my dailies done because I've just been uh, it, it, like I play it so much. I need my little break. I think. And I don't know if it's blasphemous for me to say, but I've been having a little Gundam break in general. Like, I've been watching other shows. I haven't been... I'm just building the Red Rider right now. I'm not, like, also buying other things and all that. But I think every once in a while, I do this little, like, where I don't make everything in my life be Gundam for a little bit. And then... And if, if you're going to take a break from Gundam, I'd say now is a good time since there's really not a lot going on. Yeah, um, that's true. Actually, that is a good. Th there's point. no ongoing show right now. We haven't had any news on the movie or Requiem. Like, yeah, I mean, if if you need some time to go watch Star Wars, now's the time to do it. <laughs> exactly. No, that's a good point. Yeah, Asher, are you into Star Wars at all? You know, I'm trying to get into Star Wars. 
So I would like to learn more yeah. about it. But I have seen like a couple of the movies and it's really yeah. good. I just want to kind of get more immersed into it. Yeah, it's it's you know, I I tell you, I love Star Wars. Star Wars, I think, though, was kind of the stepping stone for me to appreciate Gundam. And ah, so yeah. I think it might. Yeah, just watching the original movies. And I mm -hmm. think, you know, it makes me think, too, like if someone watched the 1977 movie, it's the same thing as watching the 1979 Gundam because they're they're they right. look old. But there's really good storytelling and themes mm -hmm. in them. And so, yeah, it'd be good to kind of, yeah, revisit that. Like, if you haven't, even try out the Disney Plus shows, even though, okay. uh, to me, they're not that great, except Andor was really good. But okay. that's what I heard. Yeah, it, because, like, you were <laughs> saying how you watch, like, TNG and all those shows. Yeah. And I almost see these Disney Plus Star Wars shows like that because even though it's Disney, there seems to be this layer of low-budgetness to them. And, <laughs> like, it reminds me of watching all those TNG, Hercules. There was even a Mortal Kombat TV series back in the day. Oh, that man. Was, yeah. You remember that? It was I remember that. Just like those shows. And, um, yeah, that. But, no, I wanted to bring up something else, too. Um. So I don't know if you guys saw that there's a Kickstarter going up for oh. a Gundam Battlelog comic, but by Legendary, the stu Legendary Studio that's doing the Gundam live action movie. Oh. That's just kind of weird that it's a Kickstarter by an American yeah. company. Right. So yeah, a couple things that I'm I'm taking from this is one, are they? Have they still not finalized what this Gundam movie is going to be? While sometimes I think some of the hints they give is that it's going to be like a a uh, builders style, yeah. you know, uh, movie. And in this comic, it's supposed to continue the battle log thing that I think happened two years ago, right? Like they had the YouTube videos that were like short movies, and then they had the kits and Target. Yeah, like yeah. was it Team Bright and Team Monster, or, or no? I don't remember. I'm thinking of the other, um, oh, like okay. the live action series oh. that they did. Oh yeah, that's right. They that's right. They did that. But so what? What? What I find interesting is I wonder if they're seeing they're gauging interest on this, which I'm glad they're taking their time on this live action mm -hmm. movie. To be honest, so it's like yeah. this could be okay. Do we go that direction? Because I feel like it's weird thinking of a live action movie here in the West because it's like. They don't necessarily have to stick with the Gundam story because they're almost appealing to a new audience. It's like this new yeah. post MCU audience. Do you make it another big budget spectacle with the, a serious story like an MCU, or do you make it more of like a, uh, you know, if, if it's like a builder's style, I almost feel mm -hmm. like there's not an equivalent in the West to that where it's like low stakes. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, they have limited time left if they're if they're still going to roll with uh, Timothy Chalamet as their. I know. Their I don't know. <laughs> you know, he's he's getting a little old to be like a high school kid that builds gunpla. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Web Fox is saying they've kickstarted Godzilla comic and Pacific Rim comic before, and that's legendary. So, oh, okay. so that, so I guess it's not necessarily that it's going to be a builder style. Live action movie, but it almost seems like that's what they're confirming by kickstarting a comic that's based on that, right? And yeah, and even the director said they're trying to make something that appeals to everyone, whether you like Wing or the original. So, it, yeah, it seems like that's where they're going with that. Um, yeah, 
did you ever see um what was it um ready player one um i've heard of it i need to watch it though i have like a large movie backlog i need to get you know, there you should watch Very that especially i watched it before and it was it was okay um okay. but but i watched it again recently because it actually has the rx 782 in it battling oh. yeah but as i was watching it i then saw all these other more like japanese centric tropes and pop mm-hmm. culture references that i didn't know before and and that's why i, I definitely read the book ready player one because you know oh, they right. only got so that. many licenses for the movie but in the book it is everything is a reference to something i mean there is not a single original thought in that book everything oh, wow. is star trek <laughs> star wars and, and honestly if you think about it you know, if that were the future of the metaverse, this VR universe that we're all part of, mm-hmm. would there be any original thought or would it everyone just have a Gundam and or you well, you well, this guy has a Gundam. I'm going to have Optimus Prime like everything yeah. would just be yeah. references to other stuff. But I wonder if that's just an inevitability with humankind. Now, I know this is getting kind of mm-hmm. deep here for a second, but like <laughs> all of our <laughs> thoughts and our fiction eventually get to a point where it's going to be really hard to come up with things and it's just going to be flavors of things, you know? Cause even when I say I like that late eighties style anime, that's taking mm-hmm. on like blade runner plus yeah. anime, the super robot anime stuff. And it's just combining it and it's just packaging it to something that's, Oh, that's neat. Or like when I'm into like this kind of retro wave synth wave stuff, that's just taking like the John Carpenter music from the eighties plus all the neon from the eighties, <laughs> you know, it, so I, I find that very interesting. Um, yeah. Everything old is new again. Yeah. Which which is cool because revamp. there's always those new generations. And that's another thing. And I don't know how different it is nowadays. But, like, I feel like there's between generations, I feel like there's a period of time where then the most of the information that would be part of the zeitgeist has been forgotten while the newer things come into the limelight. And that's why there's, like, waves of, Oh, this bell bottom jeans are back, you know, something like that. Those callbacks, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and I think that's part of it too, because even video games are going through that, I think, a little bit right mm-hmm. now. Um, because there's like, and actually, I think it almost happens a little quicker intergenerationally. I don't know if that would really be the, the word, but like how there was a point where like the Fortnite model worked for like, Maybe a couple years, but really it's just been failing for everyone else now when they thought it worked and it it seemed to be working or just kind of like bringing up NFTs and it's like, oh, for like a year, that's like the thing. And then it, nothing comes of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, speaking of video games, uh, later this month is um, Armored Core, uh, the new Armored Core 6, I believe it is. And so, yeah. I'm super excited about that. I might actually make some content for the channel on it, even though it's not Gundam, but it's Gundam adjacent. It's yeah. X. Yeah. And um, well, like just, we all need a break from Gundam from time to time. Yeah, it's kind of that little break, um, which, yeah, I was talking about. I should. And another thing I'm going to be doing, too, I've been doing during this break. I was telling you guys I rebuilt my Detolf shelf with the lighting yeah. and the dust proofing. So I'm going to do a video on that. Um, yeah, there's nothing. I remember last week's video on that too. You um, guys were talking about that. Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. When we started talking about it, yeah, that kind of helped inspire me to be like, yeah, I need to make a whole video Mm -hmm. because another thing I've been doing with this little lull in Gundam stuff is like 
organizing, like storing things like maybe I have too much and I need to put something somewhere. And so um, part of my birthday gift is uh, storage for the garage where I can like organize my things easily. And then like, I don't know, part of me wants to get to it quickly, but then like, I don't know if you heard this, Stephen, like uh, a rule, like after three months, you store something. And if you don't get back to it after three months, you just sell it or give it away. That's a probably a good rule of thumb, I would say. Um, you know, it's it's the Marie Kondo approach, you know. Oh, if yeah. it doesn't spark yeah. joy, yeah, get it out. It, um, so yeah, you brought that up last time, and I'd been calling back to that when I think about. So I went to the Hasbro Pulse website, and I did cancel my pre-order for the Jabba's Palace because, oh. and it's two hundred dollars, and I was like, do I really need to spend two hundred dollars on Jabba's Palace when I feel like I'm. It's the Star Wars isn't bringing me the joy anymore, you know, um, even though I, I hate to say that, but then it's like I have all of these Star Wars action figures and it's like, do I sell them? You know, I they're in the attic for now. I even got the Millennium Falcon, the the, the full scale one that the oh man three inch figures go in. And it's like. Now, did the Jabba's Palace come with a Jabba and like a a Princess Leia? No, it's just the vehicle. Yeah, it's just, well, it's just one part of his palace because then they sold another part that I have. Okay. And then they sold this other part. And they then announced separately, even though I already have Jabba, like a Jabba you can buy. The old one came with the dancer, but the new one, they don't do that anymore. They don't even sell Leia anymore. You know, at the very least, they could give you Salacious Crumb. Oh, yeah, exactly. I do have one of those, though. I do have one of those. But, yeah, that's actually another interesting point, how they're, like, kind of ignoring the slave Leia. You know, I maybe there's some bad connotations to that, but that's just part of the story. You know, it's, I like reenacting those things. I mean, Leia killed Jabba herself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, so... You like know. I said, I wish that that Jabba figure had, like, gagging action like you like you pull a chain on on the back of it oh yeah like like his tongue's moving around (laughs) (laughs) no that that would be cool yeah ashley if you haven't have you seen return of the jedi i haven't yet i need to though okay that i need to catch up with it (laughs) that return of the jedi is like the good like schlocky just action of the good and i hate to say of the good star wars but (laughs) <laughs> Star Wars um, before the dark times, <laughs> before the, <laughs> the empire. No, you know, and that brings up a good point. You know, as we're getting to the end here, because I, you know, I, I, there's this easy idea to think, oh, well, George Lucas didn't make it, so it's not good. You know, like with some of the Disney stuff, but then in the prequels, a lot of people didn't like that, but that was all George Lucas. And then when I did the research into Shar's counterattack, mm. I read that. That was pretty much Bandai telling Tomino, no, you're not going to make this. You got to change this. And so Char's counterattack ended up being something different than what Tomino intended. So then after Char's counterattack, he wrote a novel to be what he intended. And so it makes me think, I don't don't know if there is, and I'd I'd like to maybe explore this on another future video. Is Mm -hmm. there an artist out there who has been able to solely make amazing things for everybody without any partnership or interference. Because yeah. even, like, sometimes I think Christopher Nolan, but I even think there's a lot of things, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's okay that a creator does things that are not 
that well or not that good. I mean, I think that's just normal. Like no one's going to make the perfect thing, but I wonder if there is a creator out there that has made some, has makes a bunch of things and they're always bangers and it's always just their input. You know, I, I can't think of any, but it would be interesting. And I think that goes back to what we've been saying lately, where it's a lot of times everything's a team effort. Yeah. And really a team really makes it happen. Yeah, I mean, being surrounded by yes men is a uh, is a path to the dark side for sure. Yeah, and and I think that that's you know, if if I may uh, impart a closing thought, is like oh, yeah. that's one of the reasons I'm really glad that you have come aboard the Gundam Explain team, Ashley, is because you know you've brought a whole level of expertise and engagement to to the, the Gundam Explained social media accounts that that Adam hasn't been able to do before and so again it's it's yeah, all and... about having a team that that you trust oh, yeah. to execute and so yeah now do you do you have like um you know any kind of like digital marketing background or experience that that you are bringing to the to the role or is this just all your personal like it's basically all my personal like experience um because like that's impressive yeah because <laughs> yeah, like um like, I've always been into, like, social media growing up and, you know, just, you know, every experience with, like, trying different platforms, you know, what works, what doesn't work. Um, and then on top of that, like, me jumping from fandom to fandom trying to figure out, like, hey, where's my community? And, and oh, yeah. it was because of the Gundam community, like, I never felt so welcome in a community before, like, the Gundam community. So that's where a lot of that passion comes from, because I'm like, yes, I want to, I, like, I finally found, like, a group of people, like, you know, you guys and the ones in the chat. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. And it yeah. just make, brings out a lot more passion, and that's why, like, yep. just from personal experience, that's, you know, why I'm like, hey, I want to put as much effort as I can into, you know, bring an engagement in and bring a lot more people in. Yeah, and it's been working. I mean, it's yeah. I've been getting even just the engagement in general on my YouTube, and that's not what you're directly, you know, uh, posting yeah. on. You're just doing Twitter and Facebook or whatever, yeah. and so obviously it's kind of bringing in curiosity. Um, so mm-hmm. I have the link to your Twitter in in the description, but is there any other places you'd want people to check you out at? Oh yeah, they can check out my Instagram. I go by three different names just because like I'm trying to like figure out like should I you know keep my like taco taco moniker going around. Oh, but yeah. there's a meaning behind a name. But anyway, it's a long story. But anyways, but um they can find me at Starry Ash. That's another name I go by. Um I think it's like underscore because the name is not original because someone already oh. has it, but yeah, so you can find me on there. You can find me on TikTok, um, Starry Ashes, uh, Starry underscore Ashes. I can um, send that all to you after the. And I'm following uh, you too. Or the Gundam Explained is following you. So, on right. TikTok. So, if you guys want to look at the followers or who's following on TikTok, yeah. You'll be able to find her there. Yeah. That's cool. Well, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for being here. This was fun. I always love having yeah. people. Um, and, you know, thanks for all the work you've been doing and your, you know, perspective on Japanese culture. That's really just part of all this in the first place. So really appreciate mm-hmm. that. And, um, yeah, that's going to be it for today's stream. All oh, thanks for watching. Again, this will be a podcast that goes up on Fridays the next day. So if you want to listen, you can listen there. But, uh, oh, there's the fireworks to end it off. <laughs> all right. We'll see. Also, see happy everybody. early birthday to you guys, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. Our birthdays are coming up soon. So yeah. All right. I'll, we'll talk later.